Hello and welcome back to Living Imperfectly podcast with me, your host, Claire. You're listening to the podcast that provides you with real, honest discussions on how embracing imperfection can be a helpful approach to improving our relationship with food, body image, exercise and navigating through our messy lives in general. Today's episode is going to be a super short and snappy one where I'm going to be talking about a post that I put up on social media last week because I had quite a lot of conversations with people about this in my messages and I really wanted to share more insight on this because let's be honest when we're on social media we tend to be scrolling and we're not really there looking for like advice necessarily. So listening to this podcast, you're probably at the place where you are curious to know more. So I'm going to provide you more. Let's get started. So the post was uh, four mistakes I see runners make with their diet that's hindering their training performance. The first mistake that I see is a lack of planning and what I said in the caption was to block out one to two times in your week to plan out your meals and it doesn't need to be everything but it might help you to tick off the nutrition boxes that you need and I get it planning and preparing meals it sounds so dull (laughs) and it's maybe not maybe something you've never even thought about because you feel that you should just know what you're doing and be able to wing it, just be able to kind of get through your week knowing what to do. But you're probably busy with work, family, training, whatever else is going on in your life. And it makes it actually super hard for us to make choices that are in line with our values and goals. You know, we will look for the easiest option, which isn't necessarily what we want or need or anything like that. Um, And it's not to demonize any easy options or any type of food or anything, but it's thinking about, you know, what we actually want out of, you know, we're getting stuck with nutrition. um, So what can we do about it? And I always think about things, if there's a barrier to something, you're stuck with something it's looking at what is the easiest way to help you through that and I think sometimes we think that the easiest way means that we're cheating we're not we've not got our shit together who I don't know what else we're thinking but the easiest option is the option the easiest way if it makes it work for you then crack on the easier the better I say let's not overcomplicate it let's not try and perfect it Let's just take the boxes off and take imperfect action because it will always beat perfect inaction. So time blocking is something I highly recommend. And I, yeah, like I say, it's not sexy. I'm probably not going to really like sell it. You're not going to be like, yay, can't wait. <laughs> but it can really, really help. And there's something that helps me to re- reframe this task is I call it my parenting myself because like time blocking the things that are actually important to me means that I am not going to miss those tasks and it means I'm going to get the shit done that I want and to be fair this isn't just a nutrition tip it's probably a life tip I would say um you know when we like chunk down our time we can focus on that task 
you know, it creates a sense of urgency and it can help us be a bit more productive. And it actually frees up time to do other things, which sounds like really backwards, isn't it? But, you know, when you like see your life and understand that, like as I like to think of it as like where you're spending your time and your energy, you start to realize like how much time you're wasting on things that aren't important and it opens up space to like, okay, I can actually probably most likely do more than what I have and it's going to be on the things that I actually want out of life. And um, now I'm not saying go and block out every single second of your existence because that's really dull and extreme and I can be a little bit uh, guilty of this one so I actually have to be aware of that um but yeah it's thinking about what things are really really key and important to you that you are not doing right now that you really want to do so go block the time out and be realistic about how long it's going to take you and then take imperfect action Uh, So going back to nutrition as such for your diet, like I would, you don't need to be mapping out every single thing that is going to cross your lips, but more about thinking about the key meals or snacks that you're finding challenging on a, on a weekly, daily basis. How can you plan for those ones that you are finding difficult? So for some people, lunches might be an issue because of so many factors so okay what can you do can you block out time in the week to plan for those lunches so that you know exactly what you're doing for those lunches right I'm going to move on to the second one so the second point was restricting calories too low when which leads to overeating and in the caption, I said, get curious to how you label foods. So are you labeling foods good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, clean, dirty, etc.? And see if you're restricting on the thing or overeating on the foods that you're deeming as bad, unhealthy, dirty. And this is a really tough one because, you know, we if we fear foods, you know, we it tends to feel like the desire for these as well. We put these foods up on a pedestal, um, but there is a place for all foods in our diets. Yes, there's foods that are more nutritionally complete. And yes, there are foods that are less nutrient dense. Okay. They're more higher calorific. um, And those are the foods that we can overeat on. Um, But there is a place for all of them. Um, And I'd also get curious to see, is there a fear of putting on weight as well? And if this sounds familiar, this is known as the binge restrict cycle. So it, and it can feel super counterproductive to eat foods that we've deemed as kind of like off limits, bad or anything else negatively that we've said. Um, And yeah, breaking this, it is key to breaking this cycle. And I'm afraid that no diet is going to help you with this. Um, this is why why we kind of yo-yo diet is because, you know, we're good for so long and then we have like one meal or one snack or something that we've deemed as off limits and we are then like off the wagon. We've hit the fuck it button. Everything's, you know, we're going to, we've overeaten on that thing and then we get back onto restricting 
to be good again. So you get caught up in this um, on a diet, off a diet kind of mentality. Um, so yeah, so actually actively working on like a fat loss goal, that when you're stuck in that cycle, it's actually holding you back from fat loss or weight being weight stable. Um, because we always end up back in the same place. And what is kind of key is working on a relationship with food and body image uh, to break this cycle. Also working on compassion, mindfulness, all these things as well. By all means, I'm not saying that you can't have a fat loss goal. But what I'm saying is that I would highly recommend if you do have a fat loss goal, that you put that on pause until you've done the deeper work and then re like reevaluate if you feel like, yeah, I still want to do a fat loss goal, then you will be in much in a much better place in how you feel, think, um, and act around food. Your behaviors will be different um, to help you actually reach that goal. Um, and I'm afraid there's no like time frame on how long it takes to, you know, work on your relationship with food and body image. But if you do that work first, it will help you. And you might, might also get to the place where you don't, you no longer want to have a fat loss goal. Either way, it's individual to you. I feel like I've gone a little bit off track there, but here we go. <laughs> anyway, point three, uh, not eating enough protein. And I put in the caption, protein isn't just for gym bros. We all need it. And I recommended approximately 25 to 35 grams of protein with each meal, main meal, and a protein-based snack too. Now, this is this is like an approximate, very rough guide to get like your actual recommendation for you as an individual. That would be, you know, you're working with somebody or look into that numbers yourself, which I will give a little couple of um, numbers for you to work out. So this one was actually quite interesting as in my messages, like this one, this one in the poll anyway, nobody actually said that they um, didn't, that they didn't eat enough protein. However, uh, I haven't worked with a client yet that has, has been eating enough protein. Yeah. Every single client that I've worked with, I'm pretty sure every single one has been there's not they've not eaten enough protein and yeah so the recommended daily is it allowance yeah rda <laughs> is 0 0.8 grams per body weight in kilograms however this isn't enough for runners or people who resistance train or and or should i say resistance train so people who basically are exercising need more protein and the recommendation is 1.6 to 2.2 grams per body weight in kilograms, which is quite a substantial amount more. So for example, if you were a runner who weighed, let's just say 65 kilograms, and you were aiming for 1.6 grams per body weight, that would be 104 grams of protein. So Ideally, we'd be looking for that to be spread out through your day. So i.e. regular meals and snacks. So that would be like eating every three to four hours. It would keep you nice and full. 
um, along with lots of other things. Um, so for example, like, let's break it down and how what that would actually look like. So one example would be, you know, your breakfast and lunch could be around 25 grams of protein and dinner could be 35 and then maybe a protein snack, 20 grams, let's say, and that would be hitting that target. Or you could keep it super simple, three meals at 35 grams of protein. But the one thing that I, I just really want to emphasize is that it's what you do the majority of the time is what counts. And it doesn't need to be, you don't need to be obsessing about the numbers, but there, it, is, it is important to be aware of what your body needs. But the same token, your body, your body isn't going to decompose if you don't have, if you miss one meal that doesn't have that protein target. Um, so it's kind of, you know, yes, we've got these recommendations, but we do still want to have, you know, the ability to be flexible. Like if we're going out for a meal and there's not high protein options available, that you still can choose a meal and not feel guilty or like you failed everything, um, you know, so it's just want to stress that part. And there's lots of caveats to this as well, specifically for running in like around races and stuff. You wouldn't want to be eating high protein meals or snacks right before you're away to run or um, like race or anything like that. But that's getting into another conversation, which I'm not going to get into right now. Um, so, yeah. And the fourth point was using running to earn food or burn calories. And I put in the caption, you're most likely not burning as much calories as you think. Ignore the number of calories burned on wearables and get curious to body image. So wrongly, I presumed that people were actually aware of this. So this was a bit of a lesson. Yeah, it was a huge lesson for me to learn that not to presume that everybody knows this. Um, so yeah, so I really wanted to talk a little bit more about this. So I'm afraid that the numbers burned on like your watches, Strava, machines in the gym, treadmill, whatever, this number, you cannot rely on it. It's most likely telling you a higher number than what is actually going on. Um, so yes, you're not you're not likely to be burning that amount of calories, and hyper focusing on this number is something I would really recommend you get curious about because if it is leading to uh, what would I say compensatory behaviors, so things like you know when you go for a run, for example, and well let's just use like. 600 calories as an example you go for a run that says you've burned 600 calories if it's leading to you then feeling like you've earned your calories and you get and you get to eat 600 calories more or maybe binge eat on certain foods that you've deemed off limits until you've ran then that's can that can be a problematic or if you're Say, for example, you're exercising from a place of shame or guilt where you feel like you need to exercise because you've overate. For example, you've overate. Let's just use the 600 calories again. Oh, I've 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 had whatever you've had. You feel shame or you feel guilt, guilty for it. So you feel like you have to go and run to burn off X amount of calories. 
to to balance it off to feel like it's okay either way this is a sign that I would be highly recommended like working on body image also like your relationship between food and exercise and and also really about the relationship you have with all the numbers as well um getting curious to you know is your self-worth like tied to these numbers and um yeah so basically there's a lot of getting curious to the, any of these things and to know that you can work work through all of these things too with the right support and guidance and strategies and um so yeah so yeah like I said it was going to be a short and snappy one and I really do hope that you've taken something from this podcast that has helped in some way if you could do me a little favor if you've not already subscribed to the podcast can you please do me a little favor and hit the subscribe button because it actually helps way more than you probably realize. I actually don't know how it works, but it does work. And um, where the more you people subscribe, I think it comes up into other people's things. I don't know, but it helps. So, you know, if you're listening anyway and you listen regularly, do me a little favor, hit that subscribe button. And you could even go wild and you could share the podcast with one of your friends or family or whatever. Um, right, that's me finished this podcast for today. As always, feel free to reach out to me. My contact details are in the show notes as always. And I really look forward to meeting you again on the next podcast. <laughs>